welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Oh, I'm loud. My name's Kat. Um, I'm part of the preaching team here. I uh, help with some of the kids' work as well. Um, And when I'm not here, about three days a week, I'm a GP as well locally. Um, So hello to those of you I haven't met before. I see some new faces. Um, Like Becky said, we're starting a new series. So we're looking at a book called 1 Thessalonians, which is in the New Testament, so it's about two-thirds of the way, maybe three-quarters of the way through your Bibles. And it's written by a guy called Paul whose particular job was talking about Jesus to pretty much everyone he met. And this letter is written maybe a year or so after he'd been in a place called Thessalonica, which is in the north part of Greece now. It was called Macedonia then. And he'd been up there and he'd spent a while talking about the message about Jesus, the gospel message. And some people had said, this is amazing. We want to follow Jesus. And they'd formed a new church this group of Jesus followers. But some of them had said, this guy is crazy, he's dangerous, and they'd made it so hard for Paul to stay there that he'd had to leave. So this letter is written maybe a year later, and Paul has heard some really encouraging news about this new church. They're doing really well. So he's writing back to them to say, well done, keep going. Now, a letter here today is pretty easy to get to somebody, isn't it? You just stick it in the post box with a stamp on. But letters then, you couldn't just stick it in the post box. You couldn't write someone an email. You couldn't pick up the phone. You had to give it to someone you trusted who'd walk with it, or they'd take it on a horse, or they'd take it on a boat. And it would be a really painstaking process. So the stuff in letters was really precious. It was important things he had to say. So Paul's talking about the kind of changes that happen when we decide to follow Jesus. The fact it can turn our world upside down. And he's also got some specific things he's going to talk to them about. Probably we'll do that later in our series about things like what happens after you die when you're a Christian and how do you live a holy life and the importance of working hard. So some of those things we'll hear about later on. What's this message that Paul's brought to them then? He's brought this world-changing message that's flipped everything about someone called Jesus about God's son, who God has sent because he loves them. He's called the Messiah or the King. And he's saved them by dying for them. Weird. They'd never heard anything like this before. And he didn't stay dead. He came back to life. And now he's a living king that they can follow who's changing the world. So I'd encourage you, Try and, at some point over the next few weeks, either listen to this letter all in one go or read it all in one go. If you're a listening kind of person, David Suchet will kindly read this to you in about 12 minutes with the Bible app. So it's not a long period of time. It's quite a short letter, five chapters. But try and do that to see the whole of what Paul's saying to them. So we're going to read the first half of chapter one, and then we're going to pray. Hopefully it'll come up on the screen. There we go. So, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, that's who's writing the letter, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope 
in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he's chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. So Paul is really thankful. He hears loads of things that show that God's changing their lives. Lord, would you help us to hear what you're saying to us this morning through your word? Give us hearts that want to follow you. Amen. So what's changed for them? I don't have the ability to have a sound effects team with me. So you guys are going to be my sound effects team this morning. Are you up for that? Yes, good. Okay, so the first thing I need you to do is find someone next to you and high five them. High five. Okay, great. That's our first action. This is going to help us remember the changes. The next thing I want you to do, you've done your high five, is go kapow. Can you do that? Yeah, or some kind of like superhero move. Kapow. Great, so you've got a high five, you've got a kapow, and then I need your thinking face. Can you do a good thinking face? Hmm. This is your decision-making face. Excellent. Can you do the three together? Okay, you team them up. So, high five, kapow. Hmm. Excellent, you're getting good at this. Can you do it even faster? Ready? One, two, three. High five, kapow. Hmm. Excellent. Okay. So our first one, high five, it's about the fact that when they believe the gospel... They join a new family, okay? They're suddenly teaming up with new people. So Paul told them, brothers and sisters loved by God. Now, they're not actually, most of them, brothers and sisters. They don't live together in the same house. They didn't grow up together. In fact, they're probably really different. They might not have even talked to each other before they started following Jesus. But something's happened inside them that when they said, yes, I want to follow Jesus, God's gone, great, join my team, join my new family. So look around the room. Can you find somebody taller than you? You're all sitting down, that's kind of tricky. Someone who looks taller than you. Can you find someone who looks shorter than you? Yes. That might be easier for some of you than others. Can you find somebody older than you? Careful. Or somebody much younger than you. Yeah. So lots of the people in this room, they look really different to you, don't they? But we are God's family together. And God's family isn't just this church. It spreads across the whole world. You're part of a massive team, a massive new family. And it's a loving community that breaks the boundaries of normal biology. It breaks the rules of how our culture's set up to just be about your surname being your family and the people you live with. We're no longer def- defined by the family we come from, but by the fact that we belong to God and we belong in his family. So suddenly we can love other people with a new depth and kind of love that we didn't have before. We can practice loving each other like Jesus loves us. So that's the first thing that Paul's noticing. They're treating each other like a new family. Okay. What action was that? It was high five. Okay, what's the next one? Kapow. Excellent. Thank you. So kapow, they are filled with power from the Holy Spirit. Paul's saying, when we talked to you about Jesus, we knew it wasn't just blah, 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 blah. Well, that's a nice idea. It came with real power to change them because the Holy Spirit came to live in them when they believed the gospel. Now, can we have the next slide? Who can tell me who this family is? Any ideas? Who's that on the screen? Alice, you've got your hands up. Who is it? Can you tell me who it is? Somebody shout out. Who's that? The Incredibles. Yes. Can you tell me what any of their superpowers are? 
Yes. Yeah. Super stretchy power. Yeah, so one of them super stretchy. Anyone else? Super fast. Yeah, running super fast. Bobby, did you have your hands up? Baby basically does everything. He's like the super superhero. Yeah. Yeah, and the girl can go invisible. Anyone else? Kapow. Yes. Great. <laughs> so I doubt most of us can become invisible. Useful though that would be. Be super stretchy, shoot lasers from our eyes. No? I'm looking around. You always have to watch the ones in glasses, don't you? It's always the people in glasses that are actually super superheroes. But actually, what do the Incredibles look like in real life? Would you spot superheroes if they look like that? No, oh, kind of tricky, isn't it? It's only when they've got the super suits on that it's really easy. Look around the room again at your God family. These people have superpowers, but they don't look like it, do they? They've got the Holy Spirit living in them, and because of that, God can do amazing things in them and through them. And every one of you has something that you're particularly good at, probably more than one thing. And it's only really when we get to know each other as God family that we know what each other's superpowers are. So, I have a few Incredibles masters in here, and I'm going to oust some people with their superhero powers because I know what some of them are because I've either been in a small group with them for years, or I have been on a serving team with them, and I've seen what God does in their lives. So my first superhero mask goes to Steffi. Steffi, I know what your superpower is, or one of them anyway. One of Steffi's superpowers is that she is really good at seeing other people that others don't really think are that important. But she sees them really well. Whoa, look at that superhero go! So and she makes them feel really special in the way that she treats them, and it changes the way they feel about themselves. I have a mask for Daniel here. Where's Daniel Miles? He might be hiding somewhere. Daniel Miles, this is your superhero mask. I'm going to pass that back to Daniel. Thank you. You know, one of Daniel Miles' superpowers is that he is surprisingly gentle with really small people. So babies and toddlers, he is so good at making sure they're looked after and they're cared for and they feel really special in a way that other people his age, they don't do that. It's really special. I've got a superhero mask for Jeff. Where's Jeff? I know one of Jeff's superpowers. One of his superpowers is that he knows God's Bible really well, God's words really well. And he doesn't just know what it says, but it means he can use it to help untangle people's questions. <laughs> that is a good look. <laughs> he can use it to help untangle their questions about faith and who Jesus is and what it means and do it in a way that people can see that God said it to them in the first place, not just Jeff. So those are just a few people's superpowers that I know. And you might be sitting here going, well, I don't really know what my superpower is from God. Probably the people who know you really well, they know what your superpowers are because they've watched you using them. You just think it's so normal, you do it without thinking. And actually, you might know what other people's are. So the challenge is, as God family, we have to be talking to each other about what we see God doing in each other's lives. So if you don't know, ask somebody else or ask God because he made you and he knows what he made you really good at. 
maybe the next step is either to ask somebody or is to join a small group because actually in that kind of community of people, you start to get a chance to practice your superpowers with other people. Practice using the gifts of the Spirit. Practice exploring who you are and who God made you to be. Or a serving team where you can help the wider church family in some way. Maybe even use them outside church. How's that for a radical idea? In the workplace, with your family at home. So we're going to spend about five minutes now. Your five-minute challenge in the middle of the talk is to go and find out someone else's superpower or, if you're feeling brave, tell them what you think their superpower is, if you know them well. Okay? And if you don't want to do that one, you can choose the second one, which is to investigate your God family. Go and talk to somebody who doesn't live in your house, that's the only rule, who looks different to you, and find out a bit about them. Okay? If you want to, you can grab some drinks over there as well. Ooh, did someone say snacks? Sorry, grown-ups. If you're a child, there are some snacks at the front that you can use while you do your challenge. You can consume them. So you've got five minutes to pick one of your challenges and go and do that. Right, just start bringing your conversations to a close. Maybe pause that conversation if you're halfway through and come back to that person later for coffee time. Plenty more to discover about your God family this morning. Okay, I need my sound effects team back. I get a drum roll. Just starting my drum roll for me. Okay, great, we're ready. Okay, what was our first sound effect? High five. High five. Find somebody's high five. Uh, what was the next one? Kapow, yes. <laughs> Jane's got it for me, she knows. <laughs> what was our third one? Hmm, Josh has got an excellent decision-making face there. I'm loving that. Hmm. Hmm. Believing the gospel, it helps you make different decisions, different choices to the ones you would have made when you didn't know Jesus. So, choices, decisions. I've made lots of decisions already today. I decided that I wasn't going to wear socks with these shoes. I decided I was going to have toast with my breakfast and I was going to put jam on it. Kind of boring decisions though, aren't they? Like you've probably made loads of boring decisions this morning and I'm not that interested. But there are some choices we make that are really interesting and make people go, hmm, interesting. Imagine if I told you that from the moment I walked out of church this morning, I wasn't going to walk on my feet anymore. I was only ever going to walk on my hands. Now that would be silly because I can't actually walk on my hands. But you'd probably go, huh? Why? That's weird. And you'd probably go home and tell some other people about this weird girl at church that only wants to walk on her hands now. Some decisions that we make make people ask questions. The Thessalonians' lives, these new Christians, had been turned upside down and they were now making some really interesting, different decisions. And because of that, loads of people were talking about what they'd done. So let's read the second half of the verses. What's Paul saying to them now? He's saying, you became imitators. That means you were copying us. And you were copying Jesus the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. That's Greece and a bit further. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we don't need to say anything about it. This is the evangelist talking. 
for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So in this age of no email, no phones, no TV, no BBC News, the news about them has gone across a whole country and even further, purely by people talking about what's going on. Why are they talking about it? What's so interesting? Well, they've become people of joy, even though their lives are really hard. And they've become people of hope, their perspective on the future and what's going to happen after they die. That's completely different too. But the thing we want to talk about today is this last bit at the end about them turning away from idols to the living God. Do you remember? Paul's message was that Jesus didn't stay dead. He's a living God. And so they have the chance to keep relating and keep talking to him and turning to him. Idol. Weird word. Huh? What, what do you think of when I say idol? What comes to mind? Taya. A stone statue. Pop idol. I looked up on Google when that finished. It was 2003, and I thought it was a little more recent than that. It's not. I'm really out of date. Yeah, so some sort of idols, pop bands, singers, people we think are really cool. Um, but idol in this sense means something that people think is more important than God. Or maybe something that people behave as if it's more important than God. Because sometimes we know the right thing to say, but we still behave as if something else is more important. Now, Greek culture, they had loads of gods. Probably everybody would have, like Taya said, one of those little statues in their home, and they'd pray and worship and offer sacrifices there. And the Romans, they had loads of gods too. Actually, they had one that was a bit strange. The emperor who ruled the Roman Empire, he was a man, but they said he was a god. So there was this thing that you had to say, Caesar, that was the emperor, Caesar is lord, and you had to worship him, and you got in trouble if you didn't. So when you read in the Bible people saying Jesus is Lord, it wasn't just the, oh yeah, I know that. It was, what? You can't say that. Caesar is Lord. So it wasn't just a religious thing. It was a political statement as well. And that's partly why the new Christians got in so much trouble for what they were saying. So let's have a think about idols for us. What, what could we think of? I've got some pieces of paper here, and what I'm going to do is write down some of the things you say. So what do you think is more important than God in our culture, or we behave as if it's more important? Yeah. Money. Yeah. Okay. Can you, can you come up here and hold it for me? Or you can nominate somebody else if you want to. Good nomination. I was going to make you stand on a chair because I thought it would be a small person, but you probably don't have to. <laughs> okay, money. What, what else do people think is more important than God? TV. TV. Okay. Things we see on TV. The TV gives us all sorts of messages about what's more important than God. Do you want to stand on the bench or do you want to not stand on the bench? Yeah, go on then. Okay. You've got to be at least as tall, haven't you, really? There you go. Okay. Anyone else? Got money and TV. Coralie. Ourselves. Whoa, that's deep. Coralie, are you coming or are you going to choose somebody else? One of the small people. Who wants to stand up and hold this one? Come on, Aidan. You can hold up here. Come and hop up here and hold that. Let's have one or two more. What else do people say is more important than God? Offstage. Yeah, so what other people think of us, you know? 
I'm going to write that one down. I'm going to include offset in that. Okay. Thanks, Bobby. Okay. One more. Taya. School. School. Okay. Yeah. Education. Not an idol for you, then. You're doing okay. <laughs> right, come on here and stand up then, Taya. Okay, stand up on the bench. Grand. Okay. So, let's have a look at these things. I'm going to add one of my own. I'm going to have food on here. Food. Oh, is this yours? Come on, then. Come and stand up and hold this one. So, these are just a flavour of some different idols that we have in our culture. What have we got? We've got food, we've got ourselves, TV, education, money, and what others think of us. So, all the time, even though pretty much we're saying, yes, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, I follow Jesus, but all of these things are sort of competing for our attention, going, yeah, but I'm amazing, choose me instead. And I think. We think of the decision to choose Jesus as this thing that happens once. This thing you do at the beginning, and then it's done and dusted, you've got it sorted, you're okay. But actually, it's a decision that we need to make every day. So, instead of choosing food, can you flip it for me? You turn it around. We choose Jesus. Instead of choosing ourselves, we choose Jesus. Instead of TV, Jesus, education, flip them over for me, guys. So all the time, we're flipping the cards and we're going, actually, I'm going to choose something else instead. So it's not just saying, I'm going to forget that the chocolate's in the cupboard and I comfort eat and I can't stop snacking. It's okay, it's fine, it's not really a problem. Actually, we're not just ignoring the fact there's another idol around. We're turning towards Jesus and away from that. It's an active choice. (laughs) So what are some of the ways? So let's go back to what was... um, have some, hey, you had education, didn't you? So that thing of feeling like how good you are at learning or what you know being the most important thing or how far you've got, sometimes you can be tempted to go, well, well, I know this in a conversation and you, you sort of brag about it a little bit, don't you? Or you think you're better than somebody else because you might be better at learning or you know more than they do. Actually, the, the choice, what it looks like to turn towards Jesus might be to go, actually, I know that it's not what I know that's important to Jesus. Help me remember that actually what makes me valuable is that you choose me. And it's just taking a moment in the middle of the conversation to flip the card in your mind and turn back to Jesus. Sometimes there can be things that help us make those choices, so little disciplines. So for me, I know that when I'm tempted to comfort eat and I'm tempted to go to food for my celebration and my sense of buoyancy... Actually, fasting can be really helpful, although really painful, and I don't like it, but it's good for me because it gives me this message of this isn't the most important thing. This isn't the most important thing. And some of the people I know that are best at walking with God are the people who are really good at this daily flipping of cars. They know when their idol's starting to grab at them, and they're good at flipping and turning it back to Jesus, either by remembering bits of the Bible or talking to other people in their God family about it and saying, will you pray for me? I'm finding this really hard. Great. Guys, step down. Thank you so much. So Paul is reminding us, just in this first chapter of Thessalonians, that when we believe the gospel, it flips everything upside down. We're living upside down. Or maybe actually we're starting to live the right way up, but our world's upside down. And just some of the changes that he mentions, just tell me what they are again. Come on, sound effects team. What are they? High five. What are we doing? We're joining a new family. What's the next one? 
kapow, we've got power from the Holy Spirit inside of us to live differently and let God change us and the world around us. And that last one? Hmm, different decisions. We get to make different choices and choose Jesus every day as we flip those cards over. Now that last one, I think, is a really hard one. Firstly, recognising what's standing between us and God sometimes, and then what to do about it. So what we're going to do now, just for maybe five minutes or so, yeah, is we've got some pieces of paper, and they just purely say, I choose Jesus instead of, and then there's a big blank space at the bottom. So if I can get my handy assistants, my beautiful assistants, to hand some of those out, add some pens and pencils, I just want you to spend a few minutes... Oh, thank you, beautiful assistants. Would you like to help Becky? Thank you. Spend a few minutes with that bit of paper in front of you, and you might know. It might be really obvious to you that you need to choose Jesus instead of that thing. You might need to give a bit of thinking and praying about it. Maybe you need to talk to somebody else about what that might be. And then just spend a bit of time writing it down, talking to Jesus about it. You might find it helpful to draw it or doodle instead of writing it down on a piece of paper. Either of those is fine. And then maybe get one of your God family who's with you or nearby to talk to God about it with you and ask for his help in choosing him every day instead of that thing. Now, probably for some of you in the room, you're going, actually, I've never chosen Jesus instead of anything. It's a first time for you. And actually, if this, this is the case, that you're going, actually, today is the day I want to start following Jesus. I want to join his family and know that new power and make different decisions in my life. Then spend a moment talking to God about that. But actually, come and talk to somebody else as well. Let somebody know that you've made that choice. Either Jeff or Becky or somebody who brought you as well who's come with you it would be really good to be able to talk to you and pray with you and figure out your next steps walking with Jesus. So spend a few moments with that bit of paper, grab a pen or a pencil, and just have a think about what it is that you're going to choose against and for Jesus. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.